This week we're getting our paws dirty on the open road as we look at what movie takes the crown in this week's flame off. What is the best animal adventure movie? You know the hot takes are coming in two by two this week so get ready for a cuteness overload. We got pugs and kittens and cougars oh my this is 24 flames per second. Welcome to another episode of 24 Flames Per Second. I am your host, Quasi Phillips, and this week it is time for a flame off where we try and find the movies that take the top spot in a new category each episode. Today, we've got a good showdown here to help us find out what movie is the best animal adventure movie. These are the movies you thought, maybe, maybe not, but our panelists this week are here and ready to get out in the wild, wild world and beyond and find out what movie screams adventures out there. So let's get into it. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we're talking about animal movies. We're talking about animal adventure movies. Um, this is uh, this is a fun genre. I think that there's a, there's a full scope of where we could go with this, but I think we've got some bangers this week. So uh, I'm excited to see where the conversation goes. And with me to keep talking about it is uh my amazing co-host casey rom how are you doing hi i'm doing good uh we are recording before the oscars um yes. which you and i have been talking about fervently and i am fully ready for um mm-hmm. i'm excited i i know animal movies in in the, in the in the thing this year right i don't think no i don't think so i, I think, think the so. last um oscar animal was probably the dog from the, the artist. artist i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was either that or like bolt or something one of the animated movies i suppose oh yeah i forget about animated yeah I guess there, there's a there's actually a pug in mitchell's versus the that's Machines. true that's true so... a, a crucial member of the cast is yes this pug. so yeah <laughs> absolutely um yeah, it, it, I'm 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 excited. Uh, I think that yeah, we we did. I feel like when we do talk about animal movies, I I oh I also automatically went to live action, but I did forget there's a whole. I mean, so many <laughs> animated animal movies that we yeah. could have also gone with. But um, I yeah, I'm intrigued by these choices because not only did we go live action, but we went pretty much domestic. Um, and so you know, there's oh, also yeah. wild animals and um. That's so right. I think, I think this is going to be a very uh, even flame off. Oh, I think yeah. it's going to be a, a tough decision. Well, you this is on you, okay? You need to. I know. You need to <laughs> get your evidence evidence ready to make your judgment call. Uh, well, great. It's great to have you on the episode today, and we are going to introduce our amazing panel. They are back. House Kazamian in the build. I feel like when I say that, it's like we're introducing a house in Dune. <laughs> like with just banners which i assume you you all have this ladies and gentlemen miles and diana kazanian welcome to the show what are your banners you guys what what are your what does your banner look like as you ride into battle first off i want to say long time listener uh, <laughs> i think our our banner probably would have a pug on it yeah yeah uh, maybe some schnitzel on there or something some kind of you know gravy something yeah bottle of tequila yeah, it's, tequila. It's, yeah. A, it's a pug within its two little paws. It's just holding yes. a, a ball of Don Julio and then in uh, like surrounded by treats. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a banner I would ride into battle with. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. 
Well, yeah, it's great. To, how are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. Doing well. Great. Yeah. It's good to see you. I'm. I'm. I know we like. I always talk about the posters in Miles's room when we're looking. We're on a Zoom call as we're recording this, um, and uh, I, I, I always kind of, I always forget you have that beautiful poster behind you. <laughs> always catch me mm -hmm. off guard. I love it. I need to keep that. Keep our my room decorated so that when my visuals come, it's just like. I love your room. And that poster, man, we got to do fit Conan in here sometime. <laughs> Someday soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but we, and before we do that, though, we're talking about animal movies. And mm -hmm. I know you guys have some great ones. But Diana, let's start with you. What did you bring today? What did you bring today to talk about for the what is your favorite animal adventure movie? Hands down, Homeward Bound. Homer Bound, 1993, that came out, and it just, like, rocked my world. When I was a little kid, I just, I always wanted, like, my dog to talk. And so the fact that I was watching a movie where these dogs were talking and they were, like, hilarious, Michael J. Fox, it's the pit bull, and I just love that. And, uh, yeah, great cast. Sally Field is the voice of the cat, sassy. And then you got Don Amish, Amichi, Amish. He's the voice of Shadow. And, I mean, what person from our generation doesn't look at a golden retriever and think like Peter and like quote the old dog in their head like because you just do because I mean that movie is just so much part of your childhood I mean it's just so great and so yeah Homer Bell these dogs and this tight-knit family they're all lovey-dovey the step the mom gets married everything's happy kind of the kids are upset because you know the humans always are and so they have to take the dogs to the family friend who has a farm. They have to go away for a while. A dad has to work. And so they drop the animals off. They leave. The animals don't really know. You know, they're animals. They don't know what's going on. And uh, the old doggy, which is Shadow, he, you know, misses his boy. He wants to go back. He doesn't understand why they're here. But, you know, it's cool. They're a dog. So you be loyal and you wait and you stay for them, to, you know, wait for them to come back. The pit bull, of course, is not having it. He's been in the pound before. He's seen some things. So he's just like, whatever. If they drop us off and abandon us, it's fine. I'm a pit bull. It's, I don't care. The cat, meh, care less. And so a couple weeks go by. Hilarity ensues with the turkey and all that. So funny on the farm. And uh, the golden retriever is getting a little itchy. He wants to see his boy and just decides too much time has gone by. So he's going to go find his boy. So he hops that fence and runs off into the mountains the other dogs the cat follow and just adventure ensues they think that you know home is just over that mountain once you get over the mountain they'll be good they get there and nope it is a full-on forest of mountains and treachery and they have to just go through it it's this epic quest it's porcupines involved you know there's uh skunks and stuff like that. everything you find in the forest and then um they get separated the cat gets pulled down the river and they lose her when she, when that cat goes over the edge in that waterfall you are crying you have to because it's like oh my god what are we gonna i mean i'm not a cat person but i'm crying i miss that cat bring her back so now the dogs are having this whole adventure by themselves and it's amazing and they like have a cool like thing with this so there's a seesaw with that puma that they find this puma finds them they like trick the cat and it like it launches it off into the river. It's amazing. Dogs drool and cats. No, dogs rule and cats drool. There we go. That's the same. There it is. And uh, yeah, so it's just great. Eventually the cat, they all get back together. And let's 
see the pound. They get picked up and they are thrown into the pound and the pit bulls having flashbacks. They can't believe he's there. And the old doggy breaks free and escapes them all. Meanwhile, the family was on their way to the pound because they heard that they're there. Pick them up. Nope. The doggies are off. They're off again. And when they come to the railroad tracks, when those dogs come up to those railroad tracks, and you know that that old dog is going to fall into the mud pit? No. I cry every time. Every single time. It's just amazing. It tugs at your heart. So then, yeah, eventually they come back to the family. Here comes the dog. Here comes the cats. All the kids are excited. But the old doggy, you don't see him for a couple minutes. His boy is like, he's too old. Cue the, cue the strings. Cue the music. And then the dog comes over the hill. Peter. And they come running. They embrace. And you're just sobbing because it's just beautiful, man. Dan, this movie, 10 out of 10. Trip with this, I mean, 10 out of 10. Synopsis. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the animals do their own stunts. It's great. <laughs> so the music, the music. Oh, it's just, it's so good. What a, it's a full, complete picture. And, and you know, what? Like with, with the, you know, the the old dog at the railroad tracks, I feel like that's part of what is crazy about animal movies is that the threat of death is way higher, <laughs> I think, in general. Because yes. you just kind of expect, I don't know, it seems like you almost, you any of them could go at any minute. You never oh, know. Oh, yeah. I feel like we and don't, it, as humans, we don't pull our punches with killing animals <laughs> in movies. <laughs> and the, like, motivational speech that the pit bull gives to the old dog at the end when he's in the mud pit, like, you were the one who told me we could make it. And now I'm going to tell you that we're going to make it. It's like <laughs> Michael J. Fox's, uh, it's just, it's so good. Oh, oh It's just, what this movie is so much a part of my childhood, and I just, I, like, watch it almost every weekend. So it's it's just amazing, so. Well, can't I'm, get enough. I'm, I'm, thanks for bringing it to our to, for our weekend. I'm definitely gonna watch this weekend. <laughs> I feel like I need to go on this adventure too. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Dan. I mean, yeah, this is it's it's such a full, complete like the ad kid adventure story with animals. I think that that's it's something that I feel like was is feels like a staple a lot in terms yeah. of the in terms of animal when you talk about animal movies which is great um but it's also you know among among a few others and including one of the ones that miles brought so miles what about you what did you bring to talk about like, what do you think is the best animal adventure movie for me automatically had to be milo and otis yeah this, i saw this when i was such a little kid we rented it from the video store the mom and pop video store and it was one of those movies that like when we took it back we instantly re-rented it <laughs> and we rented it so many times and then we eventually recorded it off tv and just wore out the tape like oh i remember those days yeah man and yeah it used to make me cry it still does sometimes it's about a little pug doggy and a kitten and they filmed it in japan i believe um, and they're, they, they're a little puppy and a little kitten on a farm and they become friends and the kitten's really rambunctious and the pug's kind of uptight mm -hmm. and they're voiced by Dudley Moore, who is incredible. And he died several years ago, but like, he's famous for like Arthur mm -hmm. and, uh, what other ones was he in? Uh, 10, uh, he was a really famous British actor and he brings the heat with all the voices that he does. And it's perfect. Um, and, you know, th this kitten is always getting the pug into trouble, getting both of them into trouble. And eventually the cat jumps into this box and ends up going down this river. 
and the pug is running along trying to keep up with him, but he's having trouble keeping up with him. And eventually, like, a bear comes. And this is what's crazy about Milo and Otis is, like, you know, Homeward Bound is amazing, but but it's, like, very Hollywood, high-budget movie. They had dog trainers. You can, you can almost feel the dog trainers off camera, right? Milo and Otis, they have the dog in the river fighting an actual bear. But it's not, like, really fighting him. You could tell, like, the dog is just trying to like stay above the water anyway it's amazing um but yeah it's like a really a pug fighting a bear and then it, more and more stuff starts happening and it's going down the river and it keeps on losing the cat and then it gets really spooky they get to this bog and there's a vulture or blackbird and all the voices that dudley moore is doing they're really funny and they can be really scary the music's really good um and it's just about them going on this this journey yeah. And the pug trying to find his, his lifelong friends. And they come across all these different animals, different dangerous situations. And then finally later, they unite. And so much time has gone by that all of a sudden there's this other little cat. And the kitty is, is like, oh, I like, you know, you know, he's, he's all, you know, becoming a, a man kitty now. So he <laughs> you know starts to spend all his time with this other uh, cat and then the pug is like well i'm gonna go on my own you know and they, they're growing up and they, they get mad at each other and they part ways even though they had never made it back home and then the pug finds another pug dog and they fall in love and then they both in their own right uh have offspring and then they meet back with each other again and there's this amazing part where the pug almost freezes in the snow and it's, it's so awesome um <laughs> but then you know they end up getting back to their their farm and they learned a lot about life and it's like the whole like life cycle of these animals yeah. um, growing coming of age and maturing and it's uh, it's the, it's the indie uh coming of age tale versus the hollywood blockbuster here today i feel exactly. like exactly you know you know me quasi i'm always bringing the, the weird <laughs> oh yeah none of this golden retriever <laughs> with a rider business no 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 they, mm -hmm. they uh they're doing it they're doing it their own way with a pug I, and i yeah. love it and so so you had pugs because of this movie Yes, we grew up, we had a pug, we named him Otis, and then we had another pug, and then now we have another pug, and the, this one looks just like the one from the movie, and he's very Incredible. rambunctious. His name is uh, Hugo. Shout out to Hugo. Shout out, shout out to Hugo. Uh, we were talking before on the podcast a little bit, and you said that you said that you watched a short version of this movie. Are there, is there like a director's cut? No, we just have a copy of it, and we watch all the best parts of it over and over again. Oh, we it okay. all the time, too. <laughs> You cut out the fluff. <laughs> you cut out the fluff. Yeah, but there's this one part where the cat is supposed to like jump off this cliff, and they—you can tell—they really threw a cat off of this cliff. It's like so. So, so high. okay. <laughs> yeah. When did this movie real come stunts, out? Real stunts. Real stunts. Yeah. When did this movie come out? I'll notice. I think it was like '86 or something. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe Pedo wasn't as readily strapped legally. No, I and they filmed it, it in Japan, yeah, too. Yeah, it's technically like a foreign film, so... Yeah, and I don't think it says, like, no animals were hurt at the end of it. And Diana told me, never mind, we'll save that for the after show. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for some juicy goss from uh, yeah. Diana in our, in our post-show. Yeah. So okay. So Milo notice it is a full gorilla indie movie, uh, animal yeah. adventure movie that does the whole shebang and life cycle of the, of the animals. That's awesome. It's a foreign film. 
the foreign film. <laughs> love to see it. Well, great. Thanks so. I I mean, I love I love these two. Uh, but they are they are kind of drastically different because it feels like Homer Band does kind of stay in the tone of the hey we're we're the animals of humans um and we want to get back to our humans and um there's that usual story like there's like a few storylines around that we'll see animal animal movies about um and that home brown definitely has that lane and then it seems like Mal otis has the the other lane of like oh yeah we're we're focusing on the animal story. We want to see how their relationship develops. And there's, yeah. And stuff. There's no humans in the whole movie. You don't see a human, you know, the, the, the farm might as well be run by the animals. You never know. Yeah. You, you never know. Um, so do you, is that, what do you think of, uh, makes that, you know, kind of like makes the story, does that, you know, encourage the, the story to unfold in a different type of way or, um, yeah, I like I like that about it. It's it's you know it's just the animals in their little society. Um, yeah. There's a, a part where there's a frog kind of making fun of the dog, and there's a little chick that uh, needs that thinks the dog is his mother, and he's trying to get it to go away. Then he's trying to take care of it, and there's no interference from the humans. So it really mm -hmm. is focusing on their friendship and their life cycle, and and uh, them growing as individuals they don't need the humans there they're they're like little humans <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean but it does seem like in homer bound the the threat of humans are kind of always there <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah the yeah. pound is just around the corner so. mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i feel like that's always going to be a little bit scary uh for like when for pushing i guess the plot along for the for uh, for Homer Bound and, and yeah. you know, I, mean, I feel like that's always going to basically we are super dangerous to these these mm -hmm. characters and like because the threat of death is kind of always there. I know it does kind of feel like um, uh, Homer Bound has more danger, I suppose, in, in yeah. those types of ways. Yep, you got the the river that swept the cat away, and the porcupine and smacked the doggy in the face. It's all bleeding and stuff. And... <laughs> <Bleeding>? <laughs> Yeah, he's like a blood of all of his cheek and stuff. And yeah, there's a few things they encounter in the forest. And then just, yeah, the threat of people alone. It's like they need their humans. They want their humans because they're loyal because they're dogs. And the cat is loyal too. I'll give it to the cat. She's loyal. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, but they're also very fearful too because humans, you know, they love you. But on chances experience in the pit bull, they'll, they'll get rid of you. So, yeah, yeah it's a whole, whole interesting thing. Do you what do you guys think about like the, I guess like the the story that we want to connect with as as an audience as we're watching these like why why do you think it pulls so much for us for your movies like why do you think it's so it it makes you feel more connected to to the to the the creatures as opposed to like other types of animal adventure movies. Um, for me, and just well, at least for me, when I was little, and I guess still to this day, I think the simple fact that they're just like talking—it's like mm -hmm. they're having a whole conversation. They're funny, like, and this is what you want. Like, you just want your dog to talk back to you. Like, <laughs> so the fact that it's just happening, and and it, again, just perfectly casted. It's like, it's just great. It pulls me in every time, and it's just just want to watch it. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I saw Milo and Otis at such a young age. Like, you remember when you're a little kid and you get lost in the store and you think you're never going to find your, like, parents mm -hmm. ever again? That's yeah. kind of how the vibe you get at the beginning of Milo and Otis. He's going down the river. And after you've already met all these awesome animals and his mom and all that, you know, it's like, oh, no, you, you feel, like, anxiety because he's like, where, where is he going to – are they going to make it back? 
are they ever going to find each other? And then, and then when they find each other, it's, it's more complicated than that because there's feelings involved and mm. love and how that changes. You know, it's like when you, when you get older and, and you, you don't have the same friends anymore and then you make new friends and yeah. going through all these different cycles. And then maybe you find your old friends again someday and, and you all go home together kind of thing, you know? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like the, the, it, it, it does feel like the, they're trying to tell these very, human stories through the animals and uh and i guess they kind of have all those basic you know I mean, in my notice does do do the dogs act like dogs or just does it just feel like it's just a human <laughs> a human story through oh animals? no that's the thing is it's like kind of like the cinema verite like they just throw the dog with the bear and just film what happens and then i feel like they came up with the narration later after the fact like they kind of just put these animals together. There's a part where a lobster bites the pug or pinches the pug on the tail. And uh, yeah, like I feel like they just filmed these animals interacting with each other and then put it together after the fact. So that's that's one thing about Milo and Otis that I really like is is that it's it seems very like improvised on the spot. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So they, they you feel it's more of like they were filming a David Attenborough piece. And then they're like, you know what? Let's let's put some let's put Arthur's yeah. voice over this. Yeah, it was a Dudley Moore piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And then and yeah, and then Homer Bound feeling more of like the classic story, uh, story written for you know the from one and one journey to like getting lost and then trying to find your way home again. Yep, yep, yep. Homer Bound for sure. Well, I love that. I think that that's the, both these movies kind of have those like um, uh, have those like cool things. But what do you, and like when it comes to you know like the hijinks themselves, like why I, I feel like you have to have a good sequence of hijinks in these movies. And that from what you've both described, there certainly is a plethora. Are there any that kind of like stand out for like what makes it like really like the best like okay this is this is what we signed up for we signed up for some animal hijinks we got some animal hijinks here i mean i i, I mean we're we're talking about a, a seesaw with a puma there has i to mean be some the puma stuff. scene and then there's the whole pound scene where the cat has to like it's a 007 music going where the cat has to rescue the dogs from the pound so she sneaks in from the outside. The music's going, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and she has to go find their shadow. She gets him out. And then they have to go find the pit bull where he's in the back getting his porcupine stuff pulled out of his cheeks. And so the whole like montage of them running away from the security guard and all the other dogs in the pound that's like, hey, pretty thing. Like, it's just, it's, it's so calling. great. Yeah, they're like cat calling the cat. And it's just like, oh man, it's just, yeah. And so then they end up finding the dog and it's just the pit bull and it's just they rescue him out of there. And then they're running outside and all the people are out there with their nets going to get them and the pit bull gets stuck under the fence and it's like, oh no, he's gets stuck in the ad. It's just, ah, it's just so good. They end up escaping and then there's the family right around the corner that was ready to pick him up. So it's just this whole sequence of like, this is like so good. And the security guards following all over and all the hijinks and it's just so funny. So, so great. The animals at their best. So, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Miles, what about you? Where, where do we see the hijinks the most? Oh, man. Yeah, the bear comes back later when Milo, the kitty, is in this beach house. 
like beach cabin kind of rundown shack and uh the bear is coming to get him he knows he's in there so he jumps in this like chest of drawers that has these holes in it and he keeps on jumping from drawer to drawer trying to confuse the bear and the bear is like almost going to get him and then he pushes this like big glass buoy on the bear's head and it hits him on the head and the bear runs away and then right after that uh there's a part where the cat gets falls down this hole Mm-hmm. And the pug has to come save him, and it plays this epic, like pug savior, like march music, barking <laughs> and stuff. And the dog it gets him out. It's super cute. But then, like after they both find like their significant others, and they're in separate areas um, for winter, it shows like the pug giving birth and the cat giving birth to like puppies and kids in the movie. So something for the kids you know, to learn about too. Very graphic. <laughs> very, um, very loaded questions surrounding. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then, uh, then, you know, the dog, he's, they don't have any food in the cave. So he's trying to, he's trying to find food. And then he's like going to get frozen in the, in the snow. And he's just like about to give up. But then he remembers his puppies and his lady dog. And he's, he, he finds the might to move through the snow and it's epic. Awesome. <laughs> did you guys? Did you both grow up with uh, with animals as kids? Yeah. Yep. Did it Did it shape re- your relationship with them at all? Yes. Yep. <laughs> How? How? I didn't grow up with any pets uh, growing up. I loved dogs, and my friends had dogs, and I would love to go hang out with them. But like, I always imagined that like the this bond you create with your with your. Uh, with your sole companion, like you're familiar basically as you're growing up. And now that I have a dog, I get it. But growing mm-hmm. up, I, I I thought it was like bond in like the soul. And it feels like these movies kind of sell that. Did it like, did you feel that when you were watching it, that it made it, made it different? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with labs. Our first dog was a big golden lab and his name was Goldie. Uh-huh. And uh, he just, He's just a great dog. I just, yeah, I was obsessed with him. We got him as a little puppy and I just, day one was just glued to him. And oh, again, always like secretly hoping he'd like talk back to me somehow. And then, and then after I saw the movie, I just was like, okay. Like I was a very gullible kid. Still am kind of gullible to this day, but I was like, I know you can, someday you're going to say something. I know it. So it's like holding out hope. And it was just, yeah, he just was a solid dog all the way through. And yeah. You know, you have the moments with your dog in your room and you're all upset and crying and he just would put his head on your lap and he's just like, it's all, let it out, it's all good. So he just was such a good dog. And uh, yeah, I had a black lab later and she she was different, way wild and just crazy. And Miles met her. For adventure, for sure. Yeah, she was ready to for anything. So, uh, but she yeah, I just, Goldie, what? She could have had her own movie. <laughs> yeah. But Goldie, well, he was like the shadow dog of once he hit the age of like six, all of a sudden he just was like Peter and just so like always at the top of the stairs waiting for you at the end of the day and just always on your bed and just always the best dog. Did so. you have a voice for him? I'm sure you had a voice for him. In your um, we had a few of them, actually. There was one when he was begging and there was one when he was scared. So there was a few different ones going on for him. So I do. But. I have. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. Where I'd Yeah. Like, if I were to like imagine my own pet in an adventure story, the voice mm-hmm. I choose is not a heroic one. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting like Chris Pine or anyone. We're probably yeah. getting like the guy who did Shaggy in the live action Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah yeah um that's so funny. <laughs> and miles you had you had uh two bucks so i imagine you oh yeah major yeah and you know <laughs> i think anybody you know maybe most people would do this like try to figure out who would do the voice of yeah. your pet in a movie and for our first bug we always just envisioned danny devito <laughs> uh, awesome. thought that would be perfect that's, yeah, kind of, said, that's kind of on brand yeah yeah, uh, my friend, he had a really awesome golden retriever growing up. So whenever the two of them were together, we were always like, he's Danny DeVito and she's uh, Sharon Stone. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, later, the second pug we had, he was, a, he was a black pug and his name was Ray. And he had a completely different personality like than, than our first dog. And then now Hugo, the third one my brother has, like has an entirely different personality um, than the other two. So, I, you know, pugs... I love pugs. They're really special and different, and <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get when you pick one out. I feel like that having a pug in a movie like Malonotus is kind of it's kind of perfect because I mean the the dogs in Homeward Bound, I think Homeward Bound, Homeward Bound Bang. are uh you know a little bit I guess more of like the adventuring type of dogs you would imagine, mm -hmm. but a a pug on a journey that's that's already a story. Mm -hmm. There's already a story kind of built in there. It seems. Yeah, it's kind of like how little dogs are always kind of tougher than the big dogs. Yeah. When you see them, kind of big dogs are usually kind of scared of little dogs because the little dog has got to put on a front and be tough, and that's a big theme in Milo Notice too. Is him? He's like, I'm a watchdog. I, I'm a mean fighting, you know, dog, but it's just like this cute pug. So. Do it's they... also a theme in Beverly Hills Chihuahua, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chihuahuas are me. <laughs> They're descended of wolves, just like every other dog breed. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh man, <laughs> so good. Do they do they kind of play with those dog stereotypes in Homeward Bound at all? In terms of like what you would expect, or even cat stereotypes, like what you expect the animal to behave like? I would, yeah, I'd say the cat. You know, she's real. You know, kind of slick and just keeps to herself, and it's just the dogs are eh. You know. Just her doing her own thing, and the pit bull is all wild and crazy. Eats the shirts. He's eating the whiting cake before they even slice it. So he's just always getting into trouble. And again, the golden retriever is just ultimate loyal. Like whatever you tell him, sit, stay, he'll do. So yeah, yeah, I think it's very, very. I think it nails it. So they yeah, nailed, they nailed it on brand. That's good. Yeah, yeah, be standard. They're very again Hollywood, Hollywood trained, yeah. media yeah. trained yeah. animals. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and the Ready voice for is the so... big stage yep mm -hmm. <laughs> I, that's, that's so awesome uh well oh man that's that's great um well i think that the I mean, we've talked about there you know like there, there are stories there you know where they land in terms of human like the human relationships versus just like the story the the animal relationships um what do you think is kind of like the the the, the longevity of it, like how do you think they kind of hold up in terms of the way that they kind of impact even for our generation or the younger generations for in terms of like the, the story that happens uh, with these with these movies? I think Milo and Otis holds up extremely well um, because it is like experimental for lack of a yeah. better word. Um, and the narration is so well done and uh, it's it's a story just about um, you know getting older, you know becoming a 
becoming, you know, an adult and what happens with your friends and, and how things change and how the seasons change and yeah. uh, seasons of life. And it's just a, a timeless story. And you can't really tell when it takes place either. It's not dated at all. Um, mm. You know, it'll, it'll kind of always be there. And it has, you know, intense scenes and stuff too that um, gives it more than just like a, a wholesome story. It's actually like a, a little like learning learning experience yeah for sure dan what about you well you think i just think i mean the hollywood classic of just you know a boy and his dog just the reuniting you always want that to happen and i just think it's a good standard story of just family and Mm -hmm. wanting to be together no matter what it takes and you're gonna make it happen and you know, as, as, you know, as loyal as the dogs are, the kids themselves, they want their animals back. And, yeah. you know, it's just very, uh, just reunited. And uh, that's what you just always want. And, and it just, I think whenever you just start Homer Bound, it's like, you just, you know, what's going to happen. It's just, it feels very cozy, nostalgic movie. And yeah. maybe since you already know they're reuniting once you start it, but then you still go to the railroad scene and all those other ones that still make you cry. But um you know, it's just the movie of like, ah, you just know in the end it's going to be all good. And yeah. the doggy's going to come over the hill. They're going to make it. So. <laughs> they're going to make well, it. That's so Makes great. you feel good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, that they, it's a nice warm hug. I feel like move, animal movies in general, they feel like that. They're going to, no. you, especially because of, you know, the fact that they, they do pass away a lot in the movies though, but like that you feel a connection with them quickly and you always you there's no one that's rooting against an animal no. <laughs> no, no. what kind of monster are you like, you know what yeah that dog and up had it coming i don't know yeah i think the dogs, <laughs> yeah the dogs just lose no you don't want that you don't mm-hmm. no well great uh i i love it uh homer bound malin otis two great classics um in terms of the uh animal in terms of animal adventure movies um i'm also glad we got different animals in here i know classic dog adventure story for sure but we're talking bears and pumas and porcupines oh my is so great um uh and yeah so casey the the ball's kind of in your court here i mean these are this is a this is gonna be tough you're sitting here with your chihuahua on your lap right now (laughs) Yeah, Here's. whose voice is uh, Jennifer Coolidge, by the way. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is really tough for me because uh, both of these movies are very important to me. I have also seen both of these movies many, many times. Um, they, I had them both on VHS growing up, which meant that they were worn out and watched a billion <laughs> times. Um, and so, yeah, I came in, like, as soon as you told us what the movies were, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> really hard. Um, and I think the only thing that kind of edges my winner out for me is that I, looking back, am so anxious about how much actual danger the animals in Milo and Otis were in versus Homeward Bound, which was a Hollywood movie. And, you know, I think that there are are merits to Milo and Otis and the way that they chose to shoot it. And obviously we're never going to get a movie like that again, (laughs) but I just, I can't like separate myself from 
that peril when I watch it, and it's it's more of a stressful viewing experience for me mm-hmm. now with that hindsight than Homeward Bound. So I'm going to have to give it to Homeward Bound. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you can't. Go, what's what's an animal movie without a little? panic and stress (laughs) i do think homeward bound is stressful but i think it's you know it's it's just different like you get that kind of slapstick moment when you have the puma where they do you know make a seesaw and launch it into a river Mm -hmm. and you have you know the the moment where they find the little girl and like help her find her family and that's just like so crucial to me um and also, like, the scene where Shadow falls in the mud pit is, like, literally one of the most heart-wrenching things I've ever seen in my entire life. When people talk about, like, how was this a kid's movie? And they talk about, like, Artax in the tar pit or whatever. I'm like, yeah. no, Shadow nope. in the mud. Shadow <laughs> in the mud. <laughs> I can't hack it. And I had I had a really old Chesapeake Bay Retriever growing up, so, like, similar mm. shape dog and she she was around before my sister was born so like she was already old when i was you know aware of her and (laughs) it's like that movie just when shadow comes over the hill like oh it was too real (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh i love it well dana big winner today thank you Uh, homer bound and a classic miles experimental animal film will live on i promise mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll be back <laughs> for sure oh, oh this was uh, this is great yeah there's such Yay. they are such heartwarming stories i think and yeah. in, in movies animal movies in general it's always tough when it's like the story of like of uh, humans and dog relationships because those will always pull your heartstrings and in, in all these different ways but the triumph uh is is, is what we want to see and these movies brought it uh, to the core so thanks for bringing them these are such good choices um and a big thanks to you you guys miles diana thank you so much I thank will, you I, I think we do need to make this banner of your house of a reality somehow <laughs> um because i i can only imagine how good that would look uh, on a flag a pug holding a bottle of tequila surrounded by schnitzel <laughs> uh, thanks thank you guys for coming so much uh casey thanks again uh hard choice we put you we put you in a hard spot but um we appreciate it thank you so much uh i'm quasi phillips thank you so much to everyone listening uh you guys tune in to our next episode because we're going to talk about aliens we're bringing aliens to the table, so strap in. It's going to be fun. Um, for more information about that extra content, our Patreon for our extended plays, which you can listen to after this episode, our hot takes and drink-alongs, or any extra 24 Flames goodies, you can follow us on social media at 24 Flames Pod and give us a rating on any platform you get your podcasts. Partyfish Media is produced by me, Quissy Phillips, Robert Spiewak Bohorkas, and Will Paulson. Our show music was created by Rob Joins and Will Paulson, and you can check out our website, partyfish.media. That's partyfish.media. Follow us, and you can get into any of the great podcasts on our platform. And you can follow us on at Partyfish Media on social to get more into that. Casey, your little puppy on your on your lap. <laughs> Miles Dan, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in a little bit for our extended play. Okay, keep right. gabbing, and I'm looking forward to it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Fish Media. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.